So last week we began to journey through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, I haven't done a lot of sermons in the Gospel of Mark. I can admit that to you this morning. But I was, I've, I've, been, I've been reading it and I realized, you know, I had to create a sermon because there's so, so much information about Jesus. There's so much stuff over there that you and I can learn about Jesus. And the reason that I'm doing this is because I wanted to, for us to get to know Jesus through the Gospels. You know, those first, five, uh, first four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're known as the Gospels. So it's the gospel according to Matthew, or the gospel according to Luke, or John, or, or, or Mark. So what are, what are they telling us? So if we want to know more about Jesus, a geography book is not going to help you. Or a math book, uh, you know. But if you go to the gospel, because they're telling the story of a hero. It's like a biography that they're talking to us about. So they're portraying Jesus from very angles, different perspectives. You know, Matthew writes to a Jewish audience. So Matthew's theme is this idea of the kingdom of God. I talked to you that Matthew uses the phrase the kingdom of God more than 50 times in 28 chapters. That's what you said. The kingdom of God is like a man. The kingdom of God. And Jesus' first sermon was repent. The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. So, but Mark, you know, we talked about Mark was a, a disciple of Simon Peter Mark was also an associate of Paul. So Mark was not an apostle, but he got the information from Peter. That's why in the Gospel of Mark, Mark would say something like, one day Jesus was doing... So he doesn't have a chronology like Luke. Luke would tell you the next day or, or in a week. So Mark would just say things through the, through the 16 chapters. On, a, on one occasion, Jesus was going to a lake. So he's getting the information from the apostle Peter. So... We, we talked about the first line in the Gospel of Mark, Mark 1.1. We said we ought to memorize that verse. He says, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Wow. So he, he's already telling us that the whole volume, the whole writing that he's you know, going to spend uh, narrating Jesus is going to be about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We talked about this idea of Jesus, the Son of God, refers to Jesus being the, 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 the God-man. Jesus being God in the flesh. You see, we said that the title, the Son of God, refers to His divinity. Meanwhile, the title, the Son of Man, refers to His humanity. And we're going to see that through the Gospel of Mark. So from the get-go, from the beginning, He wants the audience to understand, I'm writing to you about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We talked about what did Jesus, the Son of God, do while he came to earth. Right there, Mark, in the very chapter, he says that he came about preaching. He went from region, you know, town to town, preaching repentance because the kingdom of God was near. He told people, repent, the kingdom of God is ahead and believe the good news. The word good news means gospel. Believe the gospel. That's what Jesus began to do. And we also talked about that he called disciples. He called people to follow him. Remember, in the very first chapter, there were Simon and Andrew and John and James, and they were fishing. And Jesus goes by and says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I want to use your profession, but to, to catch people. This idea, you see all the way from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this idea that God's calling people to enter his kingdom. And the job of the disciples will be to go and recruit others to be kingdom folks, kingdom people. So he preached the good news. He called disciples to follow him and to learn from him. 
And I want, I want you to notice, from this moment on, what we see in chapter 1, that's what you're going to see in the rest of the whole book of Mark. So verses 21 through following, you're going to see Jesus also as a powerful teacher. We have some teachers in the house today. So Jesus as a powerful teacher. Go with me to verse 21 through following in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 1. The ESV said, and they, they, this is Jesus and his disciples, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. So Jesus, the teacher. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out, came out of him. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Jesus, a powerful teacher. You know, during the time of Jesus, there were some uh, religious leaders known as the teachers of the law or the scribes. They were responsible for copying the law and, and passing that along, you know, to, to the people. So people were used to the scribes or teachers of the law, depending on the translation you're reading. So now Jesus going to the synagogue on the Sabbath, because that's what the Jewish people, you know, he started ministering with the Jewish folks, Jewish, Jewish people. He goes on the Sabbath day and began to teach. So the Son of God now is teaching. See, Getting to know Jesus through the Gospel of Mark, what is he doing? He's calling disciples, he's preaching, but he's also teaching. Not every preaching is teaching, and not every teaching is preaching. You know, so, so he's teaching the people, and they noticed that there was something different about Jesus' teaching. He said he, he taught us one with authority, and not as the scribes. They were used to the scribes, and they say, whatever Jesus is teaching, there's something different about it. This is like, he's teaching people with authority. So they sense the authority, even in the way he's teaching the people. He says, I mean, they've been, they've been taught by the scribes way before Jesus show, showed up in the picture. And now it's like, hmm, he has authority when he teaches. I mean, you've seen that in some, you know, some teachers that you might have over there. that they're, they're not the same. And they sense the difference between Jesus and the scribes. Now, one thing that you see in the text is interesting because Jesus is in the synagogue. And even there... We're introduced to a man with an unclean spirit. Yes, Satan can go to church too. This man was in the synagogue. I don't know you, I don't know you caught that. So, look at the text. And immediately, verse 23, and immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. It, 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 some translation was there with a... A demon-possessed individual, demon-possessed man. Evil spirit is the same as unclean spirit. You know, uh, demons are fallen angels. You know, fallen angels. Uh, so <laughs> I was laughing the other day when people say, well, you know, I'm spiritual. What do you mean by that? Because say, uh, demons are spiritual too. You know, when people say that they're spiritual, I mean, <laughs> from which... 
from which size are you? Because, you know, demons are spiritual beings. They're just bad angels, fallen angels. So this man, he says that he was in the synagogue and he had an evil or unclean spirit. Right there in the synagogue. Now, one thing you know about demons to falling angels or unclean spirit is that they truly knew who Jesus was. It's interesting. Throughout the Bible, at one time, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? You know, people were confused about Jesus' identity, who he was. Who, even the disciples, after they thought they knew Jesus at one time on the boat, they asked, who is this? So people still baffled, you know, by, by, the, by the identity of Jesus. But there was one entity who truly knew who Jesus was. That's a demon possessed. The moment demons saw Jesus walking on earth, they realized, oh man, we're in trouble. The Son of Man is walking around, so time is up. Something's happening. Look at what happened. Look at the interaction with this demonic man and Jesus. They said, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Who is Jesus? According to the, the Holy One of God. I mean, that's... Mark says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And look, even demons understood that he was the Son of God. Satan temptation, Matthew chapter 4. If you are the, since you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Since you are, you know, testing Jesus. But this demonic uh, man, this uh, man with the unclean spirit, he recognized Jesus. We know who you are. Have you come to destroy us? So from the very beginning, you and I need to understand who is Jesus? How is Mark portraying Jesus? He's portraying Jesus way powerful than the demonic realm. Way powerful, more powerful than, than the angelic realm, demonic realm out there. So they understood somebody greater than us is here now. Have you come to destroy us? Jesus literally becomes the demise of Satan, the demons. You see, this idea that people think that Satan like are wrestling Jesus, that's nonsense. They have to be subjected to Jesus because he's greater. I mean, God in the flesh. And so they, they realized because there's a time the demons understood that there's a time when God would judge them. And now that Jesus is walking around, he's already preaching about the kingdom of God. It's like, have you come to destroy us? Is, is, that, is, is it that time yet? You know, some, Satan is already in an urgent mission. And now Jesus, I mean, he, Jesus encountered a lot of uh, people possessed by Satan. Let me just make a pause right here. If you're a Christian, you're already being washed by the blood of the Lamb. You're already being baptized into Christ. You can never be possessed by a demon. But if you're not a Christian, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, uh, they can enter you and possess. And you see this man, sometimes you see the idea that they have more strength. They have like uh, superhuman strength in a sense. And he was in the synagogue and saw Jesus. He recognized like... What have you to do with us, Jesus? Why are you here? Have you come to destroy us? We know who you are. Now, what did Jesus do? He rebuked him. He rebuked the demon, said, be silent, be quiet, and come out of him. So the, the, the demon convulsed the man and then came out of him. And now people in the synagogue, they saw that. They're amazed at what happened. So even in church, Satan can come and sit down and listen to the sermon for a while. You know, one of the things that... that Changed my life. I was 12 years old. And I was at a church and a lady got up possessed by a demon. And man, I had nightmares ever since because oh, I saw that. What was happening there? Nobody could stop her. She was just 
You know, it's like, and she was saying, she's mine, she's mine. It's like, oh my Lord. You know, a lot of people don't even believe in that. So, you know, demons don't exist because I don't believe it. So some people would say. Now, in the Bible, you see all that happening. You know, Jesus coming in touch, coming, encountering people that were possessed with the devil. And the power of Satan is real. It's out there. Satan is a very powerful entity. But we worship one that's way powerful than Satan. And you see, you and I don't, don't need to be panicking about, you know, voodoo over here, whatever, because the one that's with us is greater than the one they have. And, and so you and I need to understand that even de- demons have to be subjected to Jesus. They already saw him. It's like, what, what are you doing here? What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Are you, have you come to destroy us? Because they knew, here's somebody now that can destroy you. And he doesn't even have to, to battle you. All he has to say is like, you're dead. You're done. So, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's also the story of one that nobody can. They would tie him up with chain. And this guy lived in tombs. And when he saw Jesus, that, that demon, man, he fell at his feet. Because Jesus, you see, Mark is already portraying that in the very, the very first chapter. Jesus' authority to teach. His teaching has authority because he, he did not teach like the, like the scribes. He also has authority over the demonic realm. So even when you're watching a scary movie, you're a Christian, you don't have to be intimidated by that. Because Jesus, the one you worship, is way greater than anything that we can possibly face on earth. So Jesus rebuked them. Now, I love people's reaction. What, what is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey Him? You know, people finally got to see the power of God displayed in their midst. It's, they had never seen anything like, like that before. You see, what is Mark, the writer of this, this gospel, doing? He's helping, helping us see, helping us to get to know Jesus better. You know, Jesus, his teaching had more authority than the, than, than the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. He has authority over, you don't see Pharisees casting out demons there. Or, or Sadducees, but you see Jesus doing it because they had to be subjected to him. Because somebody more powerful now is walking around preaching and teaching. Mark portrayed Jesus as the Son of God who came preaching about the kingdom of God. He called people to repent and to believe in the gospel. And people in the synagogue that day, they got to witness the power of God in their, how He taught and how He had authority over demons. Verse 28, I love it. It said, Jesus' fame spread everywhere. Throughout all the surrounding regions. And, and I just wonder what people were saying to others. Like, man, I was there. Did you see that? I, I tell you, man, I was in the synagogue. And this dude. And it's like everybody is now getting to know about Jesus. His fame is spreading out. And this is just the first chapter. So one thing you're going to encounter when you read the whole book of Mark. Watch. Jesus is either teaching. He's either casting out demons. He's either calling disciples. And all, another thing you're going to encounter. He's either getting in debates with the religious leaders. That's very much the gospel of Mark. Watch, one of those things is happening. Even when he fed the 5,000, he was teaching. There, were, there was a crowd. And now, either teaching, preaching, healing, which is next. Jesus is also a powerful healer. Look at verse 29 through 34. After that incident with the evil spirit. It says, and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew 
with James and John. So Simon's mother-in-law, now we know at least there's evidence that Peter was married because he had a mother-in-law. There's a way you can have a mother-in-law if you're not married. So now we know, we don't know her name, but the thing is that she, now we know they lived in Capernaum because that's where Jesus was at. And they were, it says, uh, verse 2, and they, many were gathered there. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm reading chapter 2. Uh, and immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew and James and John. Now Simon's mother... Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Mm, she began to, to take care of the house, maybe cooking or whatever, but you know, she was in bed, and Jesus came. Now, you see, not many people got to hear, see this miracle, but the fame is spreading. Jesus is so famous right now. And he healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Look at what happened as a reaction of that healing. Verse 32. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. Why? Because everybody was hearing, hey, you know, he can heal. He can cast out demons. So you, you got somebody who was, bring him to Jesus. That evening of that day, going to Mark. They brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not let the demons speak because they knew him. Interesting that Mark, he laid out that part. Jesus did not let the demons speak because they knew him. I always wonder why. I'm going to tell you why in a moment. So, he healed many. And many who were possessed by, 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 the, by the devil were freed from that oppression. You see, Jesus was showing people the power of God displayed. God in their flesh, the Son of God is among you right now. Teaching with authority, healing people. You know, so it wasn't just a fever. So who, who knows? It says healing people from various diseases and liberating people from the oppression of the devil. And he says that Jesus do not, did not permit the, de the demons to speak because they knew him. I wonder why. And later on, when you study, you realize it makes sense. You remember that Jesus operated by something called, you know, he always said the time is, is here. John always, uh, chapter 2 of John, the first miracle of Jesus, he turned water into wine. They ran out of wine. And, and, mo and the mother said, Jesus, they don't have any wine. Jesus said, my time has not yet come. So he operated by this idea of the time. Towards the end of John, he says, now is the time. Chapter 4 of John, the Samaritan woman said, hey, when the Messiah, the Christ, come, he will explain to us better. And just say, I tell you, the time is here. You know, the time has come when you will not worship in the mountains or in Jerusalem. Because God is seeking true worshipers. The time is here. The time is now. Why wouldn't Jesus let the demons speak early on in his ministry? He did not want them, he did not want people to get to know truly who he was. He wanted people to find out for themselves as they, not because a demon is shouting out there. You know, saying, hell, you know, he wanted people to come to realize who he was because they realized, oh, wow, now we see, now we, we hear, and he is the son of God. So it's not time for you to broadcast my news yet. And you see that through all the Gospels, that it's towards the end that Jesus revealed himself to the people. Now, there was, there was one incident in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Tell us that Jesus 
publicly announced to people who he truly, who he truly was. You know that incident? When he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey. You know, at one time when he fed the 5,000, people wanted to make him king. And he said, bye-bye. He left because it wasn't time yet. So this is the beginning of his ministry. So he did, did not let the demons to. And why would you want to be uh, witnessed by a demon? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's not. I want people to understand who I am. Not because of this. You know, you know who had an encounter with that? Now that I recall, Paul. He went to a town and this, this girl... She had a spirit of divination. She can guess things. You know, she can predict. And Paul was preaching around and she told people, people were making a profit from this girl prediction. And, and Paul had it because she would go around. These men that are here are, are, are servants of the most high God. And they're announcing to you the way of salvation. She was right. She was telling, in a sense, she was telling the truth about Paul and Barnabas. Or Silas, you know, these men are servants of the most high God. And they're announcing to you. The way of salvation. But then, if, if they're announcing to you the way of salvation, why don't you come and be saved? You know, so Paul had to say, you know, I rebuke you because he, he, she, the Bible says she, she would go around them just broadcasting, announcing that, and Paul just had it. And they say, in the name of Jesus, come out. And then people got mad at Paul because now they won't be able to make money off of her, of her prediction because she had a spirit of divination. Yes, the, the, the devil can predict things over there. You know, and, and so why would Jesus want to be witnessed by, you know, so, quiet, don't, don't speak. He commanded the, the, the demons. Let people find out who I am because when they get to experience me and they get to encounter me, so well, we know who you are. And so he rebuked him. He would not let the demons speak. And towards the end of uh, the ministry, you see after the triumphant entry, when everybody knew that the Messiah would come to Jerusalem riding on a donkey. And then Hosanna to the King of David. That's the only time that Jesus publicly let people crown him and hail him as king. Not before, because he said the time is now to fulfill that. Not here at the beginning of, the ministry, at the beginning of his ministry. This is only chapter 1. And like I said, from now on, every chapter you read in the book of Mark, either Jesus is teaching, he's preaching, he's with the disciples, or he's casting out demons and healing all kinds of diseases out there. So Jesus, the authority, authority to silence the devil himself. So Jesus got in the flesh, came preaching and teaching with authority, and people noticed it. They, they saw it. What is this? What kind of teaching is this? Even with authority. He even commands the, the, the demons, and they obey him. Who is this man? Mark already said he's the son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus' power was displayed not only in how he taught, but in how he healed people, how he, he subjected the, the devil himself. You see, my friend, you and I need to come to, to grip with this idea of who is Jesus. Because today in our society, people, people have a misconception of who Jesus is. A lot of times people say that Jesus was just a prophet, maybe like Muhammad. Or maybe uh, Scientology said that Jesus just came to teach us how to be spiritually advanced. That would say now, yes, he was a great teacher, and people noticed that, but I think if you look at the story of Jesus, he did more than just teach us. You know, Jehovah Witnesses would tell you that Jesus was the, the brother of Satan. I don't know where they get that theology, but it's like, really? Now you're making, I mean, they, they were, but they were, <laughs> that's, that's just something wrong. You know, that Jesus was, uh, you know, and Mormons too, they have this idea that Jesus was just like, you know, they put Jesus and Satan, and Satan in the same category. And you see from the gospel, they cannot be in the same category. Because Satan had to sub, be subjected to Jesus, the Son of God. He cannot 
do anything unless Jesus would permit him to do. Remember the story of Job? I mean, Satan is like, hey, you know, it's like the Lord said, okay, you can, you can attack Job, but there's limit, there's parameters. You cannot just do whatever you want. Satan cannot do what, otherwise he would just kill you. He cannot because greater is the one that we worship that is in us than the one that might be around here, the one that is in the world. Jesus showed the power that he had. See, my friend, the God that you and I worship, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he has a message. He has the gospel that contains, that has power. This is what Paul says in, in Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is what? The power of salvation for anyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. For in the power, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith and to faith. As it is written, the righteous will live by his faith or faithfulness. So Jesus still has the same message today. We talked about last week the same message that Jesus proclaimed. We are telling the people, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. We're part of the kingdom. And one day Jesus Christ will come as the king of kings and lord of lords to establish his kingdom. And you and I better be part of that kingdom now. Because before it's too late. So our job is to recruit, calling people to embrace Jesus, to believe in Him, the one that can give them life. So we worship this God that has power, authority to change lives. The gospel that you and I proclaim, man, this has the power of God to change people's lives. That message that you and I can bring to somebody. And that message, message is so needed in our society today. Jesus had power to heal any disease. You know, sometimes we pray and we don't get healing. I mean, he still has in his store something that we might not know. Like, why is it that you don't answer my prayer? But we also know that we are to pray in his will. Jesus did not heal everyone that he came in contact with. You know, one time it took me, it took me, for a while, it took me a while to understand that. He did not heal everybody. Some people that came in contact with, yes, he, he was able to grant them healing. You and I need to understand that that same power that raised Jesus from the grave is still available to us today. God has not changed, my friends. He's still the same and he's still casting out. He can cast out demons. He can still heal people. You know, through, through the power of prayer, he can do those things because he's God. And the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The great I am. So he has the power to heal. He has the power to cast out any demons that might come to disrupt our life, our peace. So Mark doesn't want you to miss that. Jesus, the Son of God, powerful teacher, powerful healer, one with authority over the demonic realm. See, no wonder we talk about there's power in the name of Jesus that we sang about today. There's power in his name. You know, and Jesus later on told the disciples, when you pray, say, in my name. And what did the disciples, Peter, James, John, what did they do? He said, in the name of Jesus, chapter 3, there was a paralytic sitting at the gate. And Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he did. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. And I don't, so don't, don't, be, don't be telling me that he's just a prophet. Or he's just a great teacher because what I see him do, nobody else was doing it. Because he is this God in the flesh. You know, and many people miss that. And I think that's why I want to go through the journey through the Gospel of Mark. Because my friend, I don't want you to miss Jesus. I want you to right size who Jesus Christ truly is. Because there's so many Jesuses out there. 
You know, and, and doesn't, that one doesn't appear, appear to be the one from Scripture. The one from Scripture is so powerful. And I, that's, that's, why, that's why I decided to do this journey through the Gospel of, of Mark. And we're going to see that next week. So it's like this is part two. Part three is coming. It might be that movie Rocky. There's like six of those. But, you know, we, we're going to go through. Because, you know, I won't go through the whole Gospel of Mark. But I want to show to you his authority. The power that he's displaying. Now we see the power he has over here. Teaching, healing, and casting out demons. He's going to tell you what other authority he has. The God we worship is powerful. And you know, sometimes you go through trials and tribulations, sicknesses, and you wonder, Lord, you know, why? Why is this happening to me? I think you and I uh, get comfort in the fact of knowing that he hasn't forgotten about you. He's still there, and in his time, he's going to provide the healing that you need. He, he, he still can heal you. He still can provide for you. He, he still can get you out of that torment, whatever it is you're going through, because he's the same God. And if he allows you to go through that right now, he still has a plan. You know, he's not the God of deeds that's just like God just made a, a clock and he forgot about it. Not the God that we worship. He's involved with us. He's involved in his creation, and he's not going to let you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to let you go through that by yourself. You know, I learned in my own life, when God doesn't change my situation, He always changes the way I see it. He always changes my perception. You know, because I've been through scenarios of like, Lord, I really, I really need your help right now. You know, and maybe you, you know, because I'm panicking right there. And then at that moment, sometimes you hear the Lord says like, be still. I got you. I got you. Don't panic. You know, I'm still here. You know, and it's like later on, it's like, yes, you're still there. When you come out, it's like, yep, he was there. I just didn't see him. You know, we sing that song, even when I don't feel you, you're working. Even when I can see. That's the God that you and I worship. And now you know how powerful he is. No wonder we as Christians, we should live our lives without fear of the unknown, without fear, whatever is going on. My, tomorrow there might be another pandemic coming. Who cares? If you are with Jesus, man, you are fine. Amen. Because we don't need to fear anything. Because the God we worship is powerful and is greater than anything that you and I can possibly face in, the, in this world. It, it's been taking me a while, but I mean, like, you know, fear has been getting out away from my, from my life. Even the fear of death, you know, sometimes like, death. Right now, like, I realize, you know, if I die, like Paul, I'm going with him. So why... You know, he's waiting over there on the other side. Even there, you don't, that's no wonder the Apostle Paul says, if I die, that's gain. I mean, how many of us can say that today? It's like, to me, to live is Christ, and if I die, it's gain, because I'm going with him. Because, they, you know, I just want you to get to know Jesus through the Gospel of Mark, how powerful the God that you and I worship is. Would you pray with me this morning?